Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, big podcast this week. Got Luke Donald, the captain of Team Europe, on the pod. And we get into a few topics. Course setup at Marco Simone there in Rome. What is he thinking about with that as being a home captain? Uh, a lot of other things. What are the ingredients? Some of the ingredients he's looking for with his captain's picks. He has six picks for the first time for a Team Europe captain. So that'll be interesting to see how does he... How does that come into play? Like, what are the aspects of players he's looking at? What are the attributes of players that he wants to mix with uh, to get those 12? So he will make those picks actually a week after Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson will make his picks August 29th, two days after the Tour Championship completes. And then Luke Donald, uh, September 4th, will make his pick. So we do kind of talk about the timing of everything. Uh, he also understands that Zach has uh, he's got a lot more things to choose from, obviously, with live players being a little bit more of a factor in that regard. So interesting to kind of talk about uh, picks and strategy. He's got some automatic qualifiers already. He's got Roy McElroy, John Rahm, and also Victor Hovland. So interesting to hear what he thinks those guys bring to the table. It was a very good description of the energy uh, that a Victor Hovland brings and then also the gravity that a John Rahm brings, right, with just how much he loves the history of the game, how much he wants to go in the footsteps of a Sergio, of a Seve Ballesteros, Jose Maria. A lot of fun things. And speaking of Jose Maria, you've got him, you've got Molinari, Francisco Molinari, just named as a vice captain. He's got a great stable of five vice captains just rounded out this week with Molinari's naming. So we talk about that as well. And and captains, what who he's enjoyed over the years is four that he's played for. And his record as a player for Luke Donald is pretty unbelievable. Ten four and one in four Ryder Cups. Pretty impressive stuff. So we do talk about a highlight of his career. We get into some stories about Medina, that miracle comeback for Team Europe and being a part of the celebration and going out first on that Sunday. A lot of fun topics covered here with Luke Donald. Hope you guys enjoy it. And my thanks also to Barry Hyde, his manager from Wasserman, for making this happen, as well as Scott Crockett, who works for the European Tour and has been working with a lot of these European Tour captains for the Ryder Cup for many years. So thanks to them for making this happen. I hope you guys enjoy it. Luke Donald on Beyond the Clubhouse. All right, pleased to be joined by Ryder Cup Team Europe captain Luke Donald. And we're only a few weeks out till we get to Rome for obviously that big event there, the Ryder Cup coming up in the fall. And Luke, how's it going this morning? How's uh, how's planning been going? Uh, it's busy. Um, yeah, I've uh, I've been already on the call for a few things Ryder Cup related. I've got another podcast uh, after we're done today um so it's it's busy it's uh it's ramping up um not long now you know the the countdown is on for the Ryder Cup so very excited well speaking of being busy you just named your fifth vice captain uh Francisco Molinari and you said on Twitter that he's you're very excited to have him on you know part of the whole team um what does it mean to you to have Francisco kind of in the room with everybody well, I've been a part of six Ryder Cups. Three of them were with Francesco. He, we played together in 2010, 2012. 
um, and I was vice captain in eighteen when he had he, when he went five and zero um, as a player, you know, with that uh, famous Mollywood partnership. Um, but you know, Francesco, obviously uh, Italian hero. He's uh, I think you couldn't have a, a Ryder Cup in Rome in in, in Italy without uh, having the the uh, Molinari brothers. They've done so much for the game. Um, you know, and obviously Francesco, what an amazing player individually to winning an Open Championship, going head to head with with Tiger Carnusti. So, uh, you know, he brings a lot. He, he brings a lot of uh, respect, uh, obviously from myself, but but also to the players. And uh, he'll he'll be very motivated to to try and help uh, help the cause and win back the cup. Yeah. Well, and speaking of what people bring to the team, obviously you've got three qualifiers that are there as of this week: Rom. Rory and Hovland. I'm just curious, like from your perspective, what do they bring to the table now that we know, hey, that they're definitely on Team Europe? Well, that's three of the top five in the world <laughs> ranking. So obviously they bring a lot of great golf. Um, you know, Rory and Rory and John, you know, they're, they're our superstars, of course. Uh, you know, the what they've done in the game individually, the majors they've won, um, you know, world uh, number ones, um, you know, the list goes on and on. They will they will be leading through their actions, uh, you know, and I think a lot of the players will, will be looking up to them to see uh, how important the Ryder Cup is to them and, and what it means to them, you know, the passion that they have for for it. Uh, Victor, obviously, up-and-coming star. He's making his own way in the game. He's he's just been super, super consistent. Um, you know, I, I see his game doing extremely well as, as in, in match play. He's such a, a strong driver of the golf ball. He's he's been unbelievable in the majors this year, just knocking on the door. It seems like every major championship, you know, he has that high pedigree of golf game. And I think, uh, you know, again, it wasn't uh, the experience he would have wanted to, two years ago in Whistling Straits. Um, but, you know, I followed him a lot uh, as vice captain. I was sort of attached to him as one of the players that I followed quite a bit during the week and I was just blown away by his game you know the the consistency I think his putting his short game let him down a little bit he missed some putts when he when he should have made those uh he's gone leaps and bounds uh in, in that area of his golf game uh his putting his short game has improved immensely and um you know he'll be a stud well you brings, mentioned brings a lot of energy too he's uh you know he's a fun guy he's always smiling um you know, you just feel good around him. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, someone having someone like that in the team room is, is amazing. Yeah. And well, you mentioned his experience in majors. I mean, the guy was in the final group with Rory at St. Andrews. Like, does it get bigger than that in golf, right? You know what I mean? The spotlight, even if he didn't win, it's huge to have that on his repertoire. And and I'm curious of having him and, and Rory, does it kind of start giving you some idea of, okay, here are some pairings I can start working with? Does it kind of get you in that direction at all? Well, certainly, you know, you're having thoughts. It's a little bit hard to completely uh, finalize pairings when you don't have a, a final team, you know, and I still think, obviously, I have six picks, you know, a couple of those are probably pretty obvious in my mind right now, but I think there's some there's spots open, you know, there's uh, there's some tournaments going on right now. Um, that European tour just kicked off again. The Deep World Tour just kicked off again. Uh, they've got three three events. Uh, Czech, obviously, next week. Kran is the last one. Uh, some of the guys here are playing uh, in the U.S. in the in the playoffs, so I think you know there's still some some spots up for grabs. So I'm just encouraging all the players to you know show me something uh, because they're, they're, a lot of them have played well and given themselves a, an opportunity. If they keep playing well, then uh, I'm going to be forced to uh, keep keep a good eye on them. 
those two that you feel are, are fairly obvious, is it more just based on what they've already done, like recent form or just based on where they've been in the rankings or? Uh, it's just a mixture of things, uh, you know, obviously form, um, you know, again, it, it, it's um, first time we've had six picks, you know, usually it's, you know, nine or 10 or, or, or eight um, automatic qualifiers. But so I think, you know, even with six picks, you're always going to get a couple of those guys uh, that, that, that are probably reasonably obvious, you know, the guys that have played well, just missed out of the top six, but are, are up there a week in, week out. They're very solid players, whether they have, whether they're rookies or or have experience, I think it, it doesn't really matter. It's just more about form. Um, but uh, you know, it's lo- lots of criteria um, that I'm thinking about for 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 the other picks. Yeah, I know Pat Goss, your your college coach, and and now obviously a coach that you work with in your short game. He's always mentioned that you're, you're one of the most meticulous people he's ever met in his life. Right. <laughs> so, how, how does that play out as you plan? For your picks, as you look ahead on your big board and you figure out, okay, uh, you know, I've got to be meticulous in these areas. Like, what, what, what really stands out? Is it, is it Ryder Cup experience is more important than, um, than recent form, or like, how do things weigh out in your mind? I, I think there's lots of various factors, and you said I'm, I'm very detail orientated. Um, I like to think things through. You know, if someone poses me a question, I'm not going to just blurt, blurt an answer back to you straight away. So I like time to consume everything get all the information that i have and then make the best choice but you know the, with the six picks there's a variety of things that i'm looking at uh, obviously form is one uh, that that's important i think that's one of the the reasons we did have six you know we didn't want to get to a situation where the eight nine or ten automatic qualifier you know may have just played really well six months ago but his form has dipped off so form is really important um we're looking at uh, how the player um, has uh, statistics look uh, compared to what the course uh, needs at Marco Simone. Um, we're looking at um, how can we pair best with the six that are already qualified automatically. Um, we're looking at a little bit of personality. What do they bring to the team room? Um, you know, I think there's just a, uh, it's a whole mix of uh, of lots of things, and and that's why I have um, my vice captains, uh, five of them, to to help me guide guide me because there, there are different things that we're all looking at. Some might be more important to the others, and I really want them to really give me lots of opinions and challenge me. And I'll have my mind uh, set up on on what I think, but uh, you know, it's really important for them to be involved and and have a say uh, as well. Mm. Are you allowed to divulge the two obvious ones at this point? <laughs> uh, absolutely not. Um, okay. You know, I, d- I don't think that's fair for for the players. You know, I, right. I, I have those conversations with the players before that. But, uh, you know, I think we're, we're very close again after this week uh, to having um, being able to announce people that cannot be knocked out automatically. Um, so there'll be a, another announcement soon, I, I believe, after the end of this week. Um, again, so the the team is starting to take shape. Uh, shape. I'm obviously pretty excited about having uh, Rory, John, and, and Victor as part of it. That's a pretty strong start. Well, and sp- speaking of those three, that strong start. Uh, two of them played all five sessions uh, last time in Whistling Straits, as you know. Victor was there for all five, and then John Rahm as well. Do you see that being an option that you may need to take at, at some point? Do you do you see them as being guys that can go all five? Well, you obviously want your your best players to perform. You know that really helps. Uh, you know, get you get your team over the line. 
Right. Uh, we'll be leaning on them, obviously, a little bit more. But it is a very taxing golf course. It's a, a very hilly golf course, um, very undulating. You know, it's sort of at a, a feel of an Augusta with some of the slopes. Um, so it's it's taxing. It's going to be a long week. The weather should be reasonably warm. Again, that's uh, something to consider. Um, so you have to really take into account energy levels. So ideally, yeah, we're, we're not going to be playing a bunch of guys five times. You know, if we have to, we might play a few of them five. But uh, right now, the plan, the ideal plan would be to play, you know, each each one, three, four, and possibly five if uh, if if they're they're young and fit and uh, and ready for the challenge. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that uh, Victor has such good energy levels. What what about Rom? Like, what 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 kind of um attributes does he bring to a team room and to your your overall team here well he's very passionate um you know sometimes you know you know he comes across as someone that's uh, very headstrong and um full steam ahead you know i think the rider cup for him um is super important it's uh to follow in the legacy and the footsteps of some of his heroes um jose maria obviously sevi um, even Sergio, you know, I think those guys have paved their way through, um, you know, made a, a, a big legacy and their history is really uh, tied tied to the Ryder Cup. And, you know, he understands that he wants to do it individually, but he wants to do it through the Ryder Cup as well. So I think you'll see a lot of passion. You'll see him very focused during the week. And I think that will uh, the, the rookies and, and some of the guys have maybe only been there once uh, will see that, will see that passion and he will um, be a, a big motivator for the other players because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Motivation is huge when you have uh, mentors, people that are up there that have got the experience like Ram already has. Um, yeah. You mentioned the course, Marco Simone and having an Augusta like feel, right. And, and just like the very slopey, very undulated. I'm curious, like how active of a role are you taking in the setup? Are you planning to take in the setup of, of overall with Marco Simone? Well, it's, it's one of the advantages of being a home captain. You have some say in, in how the course is set up, you know, obviously statistics these days between both teams are, are pretty similar. So it's, it's just finding little things that, you know, may, we might be a little bit better. So, you know, are we are we straight off the tee? Do we need to narrow the fairways? Do we need more rough? Uh, you know, we have a template that uh, has been pretty successful, and it, we won't go too far away from that. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have have some ability to uh, have some say in how the course is set up. And uh, certainly, those conversations started from day one, uh, August first, when I was when I was appointed captain. Is it going to be? Um... I mean, what kind of Marco Simone would give Europe more of an advantage, do you feel? I know the team still needs to fill out, but... I think the advantage comes from being at home, uh, being on a course that we've played uh, a few times in Italian Opens. We have familiarity with it. We know how it plays. Uh, we know the demands that uh, the course requires. Uh, and I think that's that's the main uh, um, advantage for us, you know, having the crowd behind us, um, which certainly that was lacking very much. So two years ago, we, <laughs> none of our uh, crowd from, from the UK or Europe or Spain or Italy or Ireland or, or where it was could travel because of COVID. So, you know, it'll be a lot louder for us. Um, it'll be great for those who have not experienced a home Ryder Cup to feel that energy, to feel that crowd, because, you know, they've, they're really important. And, uh, we, we need them behind our team as much as possible because the U.S. U.S. Uh, are a very, very strong team. Yes. And to that point about the U.S. being a very, very strong team, you, you've always said that it feels like the U.S. is almost always the 
obviously have the advantage going into a Ryder Cup because it's typically higher ranked players. I know your top three this year are very highly ranked, but do you feel like that's going to still play out that overall it will be at least on paper that the Americans will have the higher ranks? Yeah, across the board of the, their twelve players, that they'll be higher ranked for us. Their 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 mean uh, average <laughs> ranking will be we've got quite significantly higher, I'm sure. Um, you know, even just look at betting, you know, betting uh, odds. You know, I think they're they're pretty heavy favorites right now. So they're they're very strong. Uh, they're coming off uh, uh, the biggest win they've had uh, in a Ryder Cup for a long time. Um, winning with a big margin. Uh, they have young players uh, that seem very. Uh, together, they seem like a, a, a very tight knit group, and they're going to be very, very difficult. We're going to have to bring our best. We're going to have to use all the advantages we have, uh, and we're going to have to show up. Uh, the players are going to have to play their best, and I'm going to have to create uh, the right culture and environment for them to succeed. Uh, but it's not going to be easy. So, just kind of channel that underdog kind of mindset that that's worked for your team Europe in the past, or as I said, they're they're higher ranked than, than us. Um, they're coming off a great victory. Um, yeah, we will be underdogs, and uh, we don't mind that though. That's uh, that's fine for us. We still believe we can win, but uh, I think that that uh, underdog mentality is is something that uh, that 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 we've used in, in many Ryder Cups and and to our advantage. Well, speaking as you mentioned earlier, just just ha- having the advantage, the motivation in your team room, just being able to motivate your guys. Like what what do you want uh, your your guys to feel in that team room? Like what kind of setting do you want that to kind of tone? Do you want that to set? Well, we were, uh, we're still carrying that hurt from two years ago. So it's about uh, regaining that, um, getting, getting, uh, getting the cup back on, on European soil, uh, but also just giving them a, a clear plan uh, for, for how we can succeed and, and why I think we can succeed. You know, the purpose is there. We, we understand what the mission is, is to win that Ryder Cup uh, back and get it back on European soil, but uh, just giving them some clarity, some, some purpose about, you know how I think we we have an, a great opportunity. Um, you know I think that that is uh, all I can do as captain, um, and, and and put them in the right frame of mind, um, and just you know make them believe once once they step on Friday that uh, they have a great opportunity to 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 win that week. Well, speaking of what you can do as captain, I, I look back at the four teams that you played on, right? Some of those those leaders, Lager, who took a, a risk on you as a captain's pick, and you're great grateful for that. And uh, Woozy, and then of course Monty, and then Jose Maria. What what are the f- things that you take from those four guys? Leadership traits from those four <laughs> uh, captains that you I know you're close to still. Yeah, all all very different leaders, and, and all had their own way. And I think that's that's the great thing about it. You want to put your own spin on it. Uh, I've certainly picked up lots uh, of things from from all my captains. You know, Bernard Langer. I, I, I've been asked this question a lot. I always say Bernard Langer is the one I'm probably closest to, just for the detail and the meticulousness, and just trying to, <laughs> you know, cross all the T's and dot all the I's. You know, it just seemed like he he had everything under control. I, I always felt I knew where I was with a player with him. You know, he he communicated exactly what he was thinking. You know, who I was going to play with. You know, you just had. A lot of clarity, which for me was really important. So, um, you know, was he again a little bit more carefree? Uh, I think he had a great fun of his captaincy, enjoyed it. And I think sometimes I get so much bogged down with with the details that I need to enjoy the journey a bit more. So I can take that from him. And then uh, Monty, um, Monty was very inclusive. You know, I think he, he understood that it was important to have feedback from everyone. 
And I think all great teams, um, you know, you're not afraid to give feedback. Uh, you're not afraid to speak up when when you feel like something could change or, or be it, you know, it's not just the the captain. This is the way, um, you know, this is this is how it's going to be done. I think Monty showed a, a lot of that. And then Jose, obviously, you know, he had, he had uh, the spirit of Seve, um, you know, the passion of the Ryder Cup, what it meant. You know, it's very fiery, even though he's quite a quiet guy, he doesn't show his emotion that much but you really saw it in, in his uh captaincy and i think uh again you'll see me uh someone that's quite quiet as well like like jose you know <laughs> having a little bit more energy that week a little bit more passion a little bit more uh you know let's let, let's go kind of men- mentality well speaking of jose i mean miracle medina what was the best part of that celebration i mean there are some epic celebrations in all the sports but i gotta imagine this is one of the all-time best on the road you guys did it i mean that's well what comes I, think to mind? It, I think it was just straight in the locker room afterwards after we pulled it off you know um francesco obviously got a half against uh tiger that was the that was the final shot in the in the in the tournament obviously but uh, martin kyman hold the winning part but i think it was just us in the locker room like just like looking and embracing each other and just in disbelief almost like how did we pull this off like uh, i you know champagne was flowing and uh just lots of hugging and just you know that's that's what the Ryder cup's about it's like sharing those moments with your teammates and and knowing that you 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 made a contribution to to the greater good of of of, of winning the cup and uh as i've said it many times so, so many of my best moments have, have been in Ryder cups and uh, because you get to share it and you you get to not only be just around yourself and your caddy and uh, um, in an individual tournament, you, you share share this moment and share the week with with all your teammates and all your vice captains, all, all the people that ha- had a, a big part in um, you know pulling off uh, what is one of the greatest sporting events in the world. Yeah, and speaking of big part, I mean, I know on that Saturday you got that point with Sergio, and you, you and Sergio went four and one in foursomes um, in your career, basically really strong strong group. Um, I'm I'm curious, like what what did he bring to that team and, and in general team Europe in those stronger years? Well, first of all, a lot of points, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, most points ever uh, for a European, and uh, yeah, he he's he's an extrovert. He's um, he loves that passion. He loves um, bringing that energy to the team room. Um, you know, I think as a partner, certainly he was very good for me. You know, he'd always uh, if I hit a bad shot, his arm around my shoulder, like let's 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 make the next one great. You know, it was never, you never felt bad with him. You always felt like you had a connection um, that, uh, you know, he had that strong kind of Seve like will to, to want to win at all costs. And it was, it was very important to him and you could tell, and um, you know, certainly uh, he, he brought so much uh, to that team. Room. Yeah. Was it a, how emotional was the phone call to have to make to, to tell him, Hey, it's, you know, it's not going to be on the team for this year. It's not going to happen just based on, you know, situations with that. I know you guys are pretty good well, friends. That, that, that phone call wasn't, that's not what I said exactly. You know, obviously uh, we, we spoke five months out and he wanted some assurances that I probably couldn't give him at the time, but I told him, you know, at no point would I ever tell you that uh, you don't have a chance, Sergio. but uh, you know, he, he obviously didn't think there's enough assurances for me. Um, and once he resigned his membership, then then it was uh, out of the possibility for me to pick him. So, uh, you know, I understand he's he's doing uh, what he feels best. And again, I just couldn't give him like full insurances. But at no point did I tell him he had no chance. 
Gotcha. So that was just kind of not not clearly reported, I guess, in the media, just, I guess, from from the story, uh, at least from the way that it was explained. Yeah, I mean, I saw what Sergio said. He said, he, I told him I had no chance, but that, that wasn't the case. I, I told okay. him I, at no point would I tell him he had no chance. But, you know, I had to give yeah. him a realistic view of where I saw things were five months out. But I said a lot, lot could change. So, um, again, uh, ultimately, it was his decision to, to resign his membership and do what he felt was best for himself. And, and, and I respect that. Yeah. Well, switching gears, going back to the course, and you were talking about uh, players that play well. You guys know the course there a lot more than the Americans. Um, you know, I look at someone like Robert McIntyre, who's played well in the past. As I look at your your pool of picks and, and names, you could look at, at picking twenty seven year old Scott um, second there in the Scottish Open. I'm sure there, there's a lot that he brings as you look at at, at different players, huh? Yeah, obviously, automatically qualified right now. He's in that third spot, and uh, he'll be playing hard to the next couple of weeks to try and keep it. But uh, I think uh, Bobby Mack, you know, I got to see him at the Hero Cup again, you know, very gritty player, you know, he doesn't shy away from anything. Um, obviously won around Marco Simone uh, last year. So um, has has some history there. Um, you know, we all saw what happened at the Scottish Open this year, uh, dueling it out, obviously uh, amazing Sunday round in awful conditions and, I think when he held that part on Sunday, he thought he'd done enough. But uh, you know, Rory, Rory was doing some Rory things and birding two out <laughs> of the last three. But uh, you know, uh, again, I think uh, if if Bobby's on the team, I'm I'm going to be uh, have have no worries about him stepping up when he needs to. Uh, he he's, he has a lot of grit, uh, a lot of determination, and uh, you know, just just the only thing that's lacked with him a little bit is the consistency, you know? and I think he's starting to figure that out too. Um, but, uh, again, um, I wish him all the best the next couple of weeks. I'll, I'll be watching closely. Yeah. Well, speaking of the next couple of weeks, I mean, Tommy Fleetwood has gotten himself into the playoffs and he's been playing really good. I mean, we're talking about T uh, third last week. He was one stroke out of a playoff. I mean, I don't have to tell you how good his form has been. Uh, what, I mean, what do you make of, of what Tommy's been doing? He's also got a strong Ryder cup record. Yeah, I mean, he obviously paired up great with Francesco. Um, if he's on the team, that uh, that won't be a possibility this time around, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, Tommy has improved immensely. I think one, if you look at just even statistics, strokes gained, I think he's one of the most improved players uh, in the last year. His putting has been amazing. Uh, he's been knocking on the door in the US week after week. And uh, I'm positive once that door opens, um, you know, he's going to win many, many times. He's obviously a proven winner on the DP World Tour. Um, he's feeling more and more comfortable as one of these great players in the game of golf. Um, he has the game for for major championships. We saw that at uh, the Open this year, you know, more pressure on him being at a, a home venue for him. And he was right there again. So uh, Tommy is playing great. He's, uh, he's got a great demeanor. He seems very comfortable with his game. He seems very um, happy with where he is. And uh, yeah, obviously it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if he's on that team. Yeah. Well, another player that always keeps my attention, Shane Lowry. I talked to him at Bay Hill this year. He said his favorite memories in golf are being in that team room, right? Even though they you guys lost two years ago, there's the team room, the, the camaraderie of it. He's 32nd in the world. He was one and two in that first Ryder Cup. Uh, played really well in the majors this year. I mean, kind of what's your, your, your views on, on Shane at the moment? You're really trying to dig, huh? Trying to get get me to give <laughs> you something. 
Uh, well, I, I just, I'm just curious. <laughs> you're such a meticulous guy. I'm just curious, like how these players kind yeah, of fit I mean, in your mind. You're you know? very, you're very right. Uh, Shane brings a lot to the team room. I think he's a, a great energy. He, he absolutely loved the experience of Whistling Straits, despite the result, which I think shows a lot. You know, it just shows that, you know, uh, obviously, winning is important. But you know, he enjoyed what the Ryder Cup is about is coming together as, as a team unit. You know, he's, he's someone that loves having people around him, uh, sharing stories, all that kind of, kind of, kind of thing, you know, and a little bit like a Sergio way. Um, and on his game, actually, yeah, it, it fell off a little bit, uh, well, three or four months ago, he was struggling a little bit on the greens. Steadily, he's been a lot better. He's starting to play some really good golf. Uh, as you said, he's had some good performances in the majors. Um, again, I, I've played, quite a few practice rounds with him and uh, and with him in tournaments. And, uh, you know, his game looks really solid, to be honest. Uh, I wouldn't have any worries about where he is with his game. And uh, I think he's in a good spot. He's he's coming over to check next week. Uh, you know, I think uh, I, I love that commitment too, that he wants to come up and show up and, um, you know, and, and do something, you know, and, and represent the BP World Tour and, you know, and, and make an effort towards uh, his bid to be on that team. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a great bloke. He's a, a lot of fun to be around. A lot of, a lot of good energy. Um, and expects a lot of himself. I, I, a lot of players do, you know, one player I did tell you, I was definitely going to ask you about um, as we kind of close and look at some of these possible picks, but Justin Rose, I know a, a phenomenal Ryder cup record. He missed out on the playoffs, uh, PGA tour playoffs last year. So wasn't on the team, wasn't able to make it um, and stopped a, a big run of his in the Ryder cup. What do you make of him and, and what he, what he has? I know he's got a strong Ryder cup record. Yeah, he brings a lot of experience. I think uh, he's played in five, I, I believe, Ryder Cups already. And, um, you know, always embraced what the Ryder Cup means, what it represents. Um, he's, he's been involved with a lot of a lot of winning teams. He, he knows how to win in Ryder Cups. Uh, and obviously, he's had a big resurgence this year. Um, I think last year was a, he was a little off. Um, he's really regrouped. Uh, a big win at Pebble Beach, I think spurred him on and he's just again another player that's been very very consistent and uh i just week in week out even even last week you know the determination after shooting six oh he's pretty much dead last i think last week yeah um comes back wow. shoots a solid second round third round nine under you know um you know that's the sort of he never gives up he's a persevering kind of player doesn't matter how he's playing or how he's not and and, and that's that's so important in match play, you know, just never getting your head down, always keeping it, keeping it up. Um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, I, I've been super impressed with uh, the the turnaround he's done this year with his game. I mean, he's, he's in a, he's in a good spot. Yeah. He also mentioned to me winning again for the first time, you got to share it with his kids who are older now, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like a different stage in your life, which, which happens with all of us. Um, when we talk about picks, look at the U.S. side for a second and captain Zach Johnson, I mean, what's your impression of his big stable? He's got quite a stable now. Lucas Glover playing well out of the woodworks. You were there at Wyndham. I mean, there, there's a lot on, on his plate, right? Yeah, certainly. I think the, the team's going to have some some new faces. Uh, Brian Harmon and uh, Wyndham, I think, are guaranteed already. Wyndham, certainly. Yeah. Um, you know, two guys that have uh, never played a Ryder Cup. So new faces, but they deserve to be there. Absolutely. Uh, major champions. I mean, uh, amazing to to see them play so well. Um, but, you know, the U.S. always have a massive stable of players that they can choose from. You know, that's a good thing and it's a bad thing. It's a good that uh, there's so many good quality <laughs> players and it's a bad thing that, that some are going to miss out and 
and Zach's going to have to make some tough choices. Uh, you know, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really trying to concentrate more on my choices. Uh, I don't have any, uh, have any say in, in what Zach does, but uh, it'll be interesting. Obviously, uh, I get to see his picks uh, before mine. Um, no, I don't yeah. think that will really change anything for me. Uh, mm. You can't really do that match up so much, but uh, I do get to see his picks uh, the week before, I believe. So uh, yeah, it'll be just interesting to see where he goes. Yeah. Well, I know um, he's got, obviously it's different from you, but he's got live players that are possible, you know, with Brooks and, you know, DeChambeau shooting 58. I mean, does that make at least the picking side a little bit different or or harder in a certain way for, for Zach, do you think? Or oh, I certainly have uh, quite a bit of clarity, you know, where I am. You know, if, if you're if you're a member of the European tour and you're European, then, then I can select you, you know, whether you're live or not. So um, it's just a bit more clarity on, on my stance. If you resign your membership, then unfortunately that that's not an option for me. So. Um, you know, he has uh, he has more options, yeah, because uh, I think he can consider anyone from Liv uh, if if they're Americans. So again, it's just uh, one more thing for him to think about. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, uh, we'll we'll see how it plays out uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, I know you called it your biggest honor in 2012 um, when you got to go first out in singles. Um, just 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 the emotion of it being number one. You know. Off, that that's just always just something that's special, huh? It is. Uh, you know, after after the, the win on Saturday evening, we were in the clubhouse, and Jose said, "You know, where would you like to play in the lineup?" And I said, "Somewhere near the top." I was you know, just not far removed from being number one in the world, and so so I had a responsibility as one of the, the best players to go out near near the top. I didn't say you know, put me out number one. I, that was up to <laughs> Jose, but I actually was back in the team room hotel and in a in a lock in a an elevator going up to my room with ted scott who was caddying for Bubba yeah. Bub watson he said i'll see you in the morning and i was like well, i didn't even see know that the pairings had come out and he's like yeah we're out number one you 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 and you and bubba so uh i was yeah obviously i was like wow How do you this, react? Is, this is amazing like <laughs> you know obviously you know the, the first thinking is wow you know Am I ready? Number one, you know, like, you know, of course I'm ready. Like uh, yeah. what an honor. And uh, for Jose to put that honor on me was, was special. And uh, I was glad I was able to, to deliver because I played my, I hadn't played that well early on in the week, to be honest. I've been struggling with my game a bit, but as the week went on, I kind of found some stuff. And then someday I just played my best round. I've, I've played in a long time and really didn't give Bubba much of a chance. <laughs> well, great stuff. Luke, always appreciate your time and, and have a great time out there in Rome and in the lead up to it here coming up. All right. Thanks for your time. Yeah. All right. My thanks to Luke Donald for jumping on the podcast this week. Hope you guys got a lot out of that. I hope there was some insight that you picked up from, from what he's thinking about. Obviously there's a lot that go into his picks. He's a meticulous guy, as we know uh, from what his coach had said over the years at Northwestern. Also, I'm writing an article for SI.com on this topic with from this interview basically with Luke Donald we're talking about captain's picks what he's thinking his mentality and also course setup as we talked about Marco Simone and how he wants that set up and, and kind of thoughts with that so hope you guys enjoy that as well si.com that'll be out uh, this week and thanks again for the listen hope you guys enjoyed